You know, before I answer any more of your questions, there's something I wanted to say. Having received all your letters over the years, and I've spoken to many of you, and some of you have traveled, you know, hundreds of miles to be here, I'd just like to say, get a life, will you people? I mean, for crying out loud, it's just a podcast. I mean, look at you. Look at the way you're dressed. You've turned an enjoyable little job that I did as a lark for a few years into a colossal waste of time. And now, the Ledge Crew Gaming Podcast. Everybody, welcome back. Good afternoon. Yeah, thank you very much. I like how we said we were going to record early and we're half an hour late. Yeah, yeah. Oops. Wow. Pork chops. <laughs> Pork chop sandwiches. <laughs> Pork chop sandwiches. That's right. Get out of the kitchen, kids. Okay. Give them the so, stick. Don't give them the stick. So it, that uh, we will have that in the show notes and be prepared. It is not safe for work, but it is a an old school meme. Right, Ken? Pro, proto memes before memes were memes. That's right. Big back proto before the uh, proto memes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there shall be a proto meme molecule and it shall be the premise of a Stargate to another universe. I don't know where I'm going here. So, anyway, um, what we'll do now <laughs> is I, I, guys, I got to play Far Cry New Dawn recently. And uh, that's the DLC for Far Cry 5. Now, I think we've talked about this previously. I think Brandon and I have. Uh, uh, both had mixed feelings about Far Cry 5, the gameplay being very good, right? The story yep. being... Yeah, the story, it certainly could have been significantly better. Um, I felt by the time I was clearing Faith's area that I had just lost all interest in the game. Yeah, and part of it was because they, they railroaded you. It became an mm-hmm. open sandbox game that was on rails, and that's that's no fun. But yeah, what's... when you're when you're flying in your wingsuit and then all of a sudden you get shot and then take it into a cutscene, that just kind of ruins the moment for you. Oh, yeah. What's really, really awesome is Far Cry New Dawn fixes everything. Really? It explains everything. It does. It's just an amazing, an amazing little coda. And if it was written by people who were like, oh, you know what? Yeah. We wrote a, an episode, a game that is that doesn't ha- doesn't feel complete. So here, this will not only make it complete, but it'll turn the villain sympathetic. It will turn uh, the 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 it 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 actually throws back to earlier Far Cry games, the first Far Cry game, and even uh, uh, Far Cry Primal Instincts, I think, or Instincts, I can't remember. It 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 just Primal. throws back, and it it takes some of the stuff that was making no sense in the last couple of games and makes it, it all ties it together. And it is, it is absolutely, absolutely a fantastic DLC for a troubled game. And I really think it makes the the game itself better. I want to go back and play it because I played new Dawn and I finished that. Well, um, I, 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 I'm okay with that, but I just have issue with paying $30 to finish the game um that just doesn't it doesn't jive well with me um it it might finish out the game but at 
you know, what was the point of having Far Cry 5 then? Why why release that as a standalone product um, if you were going to finish it in uh, uh, something else? It just, well, it, it doesn't fit with me. That's, that's I'm not, not going to spend the $30 to, to finish the game then. That's that's basically the gist of it. Here's, here's the interesting thing about that. This is a, a throwback to the old school. We have a complete game. We want people to go back into it and they, they release a DLC that's not... Um, it's like another chapter and, and it is very, very, I think it's, I think it's, it's worth it. Okay. You don't, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I just, you know, are there might be other ways of taking care of that. <laughs> just saying. Okay. No, no, I, I, I fully support Ubisoft and, and, and just about anything they do. I just, I didn't like, like when new, when new dawn was announced, first of all, I'm a, I, I love Far Cry. I love Far Cry. I had, when they announced Far Cry five, I was like, well, pre-ordered done. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> Um, um, so like I said, I, I love the game. Um, when new dawn was announced, I was just like, I'm, I'm just not interested. It, something about far cry five sucks the life out of me. And I played all through all the, the, um, the, uh, gold edition DLCs and, um, uh, uh, that's doing Mars nonsense, the Vietnam thing, which was okay. Um, and, uh, the other one, <laughs> I didn't even finish the zombie one. That was just, yeah, neither did I. Yeah, exactly. I enjoyed the Mars one because the writing was just hilarious, but the, the gameplay was repetitive and, you know, yeah. Herc, Herc and his, I don't even remember who it was that he was out there with, but Herc was, it was yeah, like Far exactly. Cry's homage to GLaDOS, but GLaDOS being from Portal. Uh, here, here's something though, gameplay wise, they added something called uh, Expeditions and uh, it, that Expeditions alone is worth half price. If it, if it goes on sale for 15 bucks, I suggest picking it up. Um, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. Ubisoft sells it. And, and honestly, don't even finish Far Cry 5. Go ahead and just jump right into New Dawn. And, uh, you know, you, I think I think it's really, really, really good. And it, and it changes because I ended Far Cry 5 and I was like, that was, oh, God. I yeah. Found, yeah. But then New Dawn, just playing it, changed it around for me. And I, I really enjoyed that. So that, I guess, is also my unpopular opinion. Oh, yes, the day. Is. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. So uh, also, while I'm babbling, I would like to tell you guys about uh, a Twitch slash YouTube uh, show called Between the Sheets with Brian W. Foster. Um, he just recently had an interview with Ashley Birch, who's the voice of Tiny Tina. And of, hey, Ash, what you play in fame? And that's that's where she all kinds of other stuff up yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So it was a YouTube show. Um, Ashley uh, also did the voice of Aloy from the fantastic uh but oddly named uh zero what is it uh horizon zero dawn yeah 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 bizarre but also another game on the playstation 4 it's it's a it's a only on the playstation 4 that is fantastic it's another one that uh is a very thoughtful game and she does a great job as the main character aloy she was nominated for a BAFTA for that and the game stranger things anyway ashley is a fascinating person to talk with because she has dealt with crippling anxiety and has lost someone to uh, uh, some opiate addiction. So it is, it's a fantastic show. I heartily endorse watching it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, they also teach you how to make uh, alcoholic drinks. So, you know, win, win, win. And so, uh, uh, yeah. So in yeah. general, what is between the sheets and you say it's on Twitch. Is it live streamed or is it like a 
Twitch episode that you can just go watch whenever you want. Uh, th- this newfangled technology, man. I don't. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't associate Twitch with re- pre-recorded episodes. It is a so. pre-recorded episode, and what they are doing is they're the the company, which actually is critical role, which we'll talk about later. Um, mm-hmm. They they use Twitch as a television channel, and okay. they they release it at specific time every Monday night while the seasons are up. They'll you know at seven o'clock. Everyone watches it together, and of course, Twitch has the ability to chat with people, but you know it's basically live action YouTube comments, which is a waste of time. Uh, okay. Beautiful. I mean, most of the people in there are beautiful, but then you got people wandering in who don't know anything and they're just, and, or just shit posting or yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. Or posting nothing but emoticons anyway. Yeah. So it goes on to Twitch, you know, the live viewing is at seven o'clock on Mondays and then I think 48 hours, it goes up on their YouTube channel and you can just catch it on YouTube. Sure. So, but what's the, uh, a quick synopsis of what the, concept of the show is is it just interviews with personalities or it is an interview with personalities and what the first season was was the interview with all the critical role people the okay. second season which just started a couple of weeks ago has been interviewing friends of the critical role people which moves out into the industry as a whole uh, uh, uh they've gotcha. had critical i think is his name or logic i can't remember who it is he's he's a, a rapper they had a guy from wizards of the coast who's in charge of the D world ashley birch they've had a cinematographer they've had the showrunner for she-ra on you know these are these are friends of all these voice actors but they're also industry people and many of them are are fascinating so it, yeah it's an interview show brian w okay. foster uh uh is is a, a he's not your typical interviewer where he just kind of asks a question and waits for a response he tries his best to have while he's got questions he tries his best to have a conversation with the people he's talking with a lot like what we do um and and it's actually quite effective he's 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 really engaging sometimes you know he talks more than he should sometimes he doesn't talk as much he's but it, it's just like a conversation it's really cool okay. stuff and um, it's not for everyone, but this episode with Ashley Birch is is a is a thoughtful, um, very pleasant episode. So, uh, okay, and Division Two, guys, it's out. It's hot. It's awesome. What do you think? It's terrible. I'm so such a waste of time. You, My you, goodness, you put five hours in it and you're done. Exactly. It's 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 not even worth the price of admission. It's ridiculous. I'm being completely <laughs> facetious. Uh, this is, I I love the game. I would be playing this game right now if not for the, what we're doing right now. <laughs> I want the game to have my babies. Um, yeah, that's actually why we didn't record <laughs> last week is because we were playing and we're like, oh, crap, it's almost time to record. I didn't do a script. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's actually really good. It's a... Um, Story-wise, it's not so much of a continuation of Division One, but um, if you were into Division One, the the mechanics are fairly similar. Um, the gameplay is similar, but it punishing <laughs> in a challenging sort of way. Um, it's it's, it's, it's an amazing game. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's they, it's such an amazing game. Yep. I, I, so I, everything but, you've said, I completely agree with. But I, I want to go back a second. Okay. So 
uh, last week when we were getting ready to record, I thought I was like being not, I was like, oh man, I'm going to let guys down because I'm stuck at work. So, <laughs> but you guys were really just like, uh, you know, neck deep. No, in, no, in, this was in, you, in, uh, all you. It no, was all no, you. no, okay. all right. you. We, yeah. we wanted to record. We were ready to stop playing, but yeah, we were like, absolutely. oh, sorry. Yeah, and then right. it was like, yeah. no, we'll record. We're going to have right. to play. Yeah, exactly. The, al- the alternative thing is you sabotaged my net by work. So I wouldn't be able <laughs> To record, okay, but there is right. a problem with that, and and this is just one logical problem. That oh. would mean we'd have to stop playing to sabotage. Ah, oh, dude, it's like a what a, a one millionth of a bitcoin that you can send off to some kid in <laughs> Azerbaijan now. I mean, whatever. Anyway, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. Uh, Fiverr has all that stuff. Uh, you know, yep. Need to uh, cause problems for friend. I got five bucks. I'll get them to do it. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Div Two is is an amazing game. Um, right now we're at uh, uh, the game's been out what two weeks now. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we're at the uh, the end game. We're at the late stages of the game right now. World Tier Four, um, okay. Which is as of this recording is is the max levels. Um, so, okay, so, <clears throat> and, so you say you're kind of approaching the end tier. Would you say that's about forty to eighty hours of play? Or um, I have I have ninety hours in the game right now. Okay, um, sure. I have 70. Uh, well, I don't have a job. so. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm, well, I'm, I'm looking back. I'm thinking, okay, my metrics right now are uh, Brandon, Jeff, and, uh, you know, uh, Patrick, I know, has, a, you know, some other things he does, too, and stuff. So I'm like, maybe maybe these are not, like, the best metrics I should be using for gameplay hours <laughs> and games these days. So, yeah, um, well... If I'm still playing it uh, after 50 hours, you know I'm into it. So it's uh, we say end game, but it isn't. Well, I, I yeah, just say there's, there's so end game much content. more to do. No, no, no so. there, listen. There's so much more to do. Like we haven't we haven't really scratched any of the secret surfaces. Um, most of the missions are still well, not most of the missions, but some of the missions are still hidden. So it's like, okay, we haven't really explored much, but we're we're trying to get the gear so that when we do explore, we don't okay. get um, uh, ass raped as soon as we walk into a room. Oh, so quick story just <laughs> happened today, and I, I'm still salty about this, and it's all my fault. Uh, Brandon and I went out looking for a, a, an exotic piece of equipment in the game. And there was, you have to do like four or five special missions on challenging difficulty, which is pretty punishing and is why I kept running ahead and getting killed. So we do the whole thing. Uh, we have to have a piece of equipment drop for us. And it, I had two drop and I shared one with, with Brandon. So we go back to base after this whole thing's done. And it was like three or four hours worth of gameplay. And we build the device. We develop, we build this exotic thing. And, oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I promptly go upstairs and donate it uh, to the game. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> because Sorry. I can't fucking slow down while clicking. <laughs> donate it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you have projects and you can donate oh, gear okay, okay. to. And one of the things to donate was pistols. And I was like, oh, <laughs> click, 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 click. Oh, oh, so you oh, did... oh, what the hell did I just do? You just, okay. You just blindly went through your inventory list going, I don't need any of these pistols. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, the thing is, is I saw it coming and I donated one and then I dropped down to skip it and I clicked on it instead and off it went. So 
So if you set it to favorite, it won't donate it. Yeah, I know that now. <laughs> <laughs> and that is your division two pro tip for the, uh, for the episode. <laughs> so uh, Brandon, you got anything special you want to say this, uh, this week? Um, well, there are two Zelda games on the horizon. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. There's a second Zelda game. Oh yes. Yes. Um, the makers of, uh, some indie game. Um, I, I just heard about it, uh, like yesterday, uh, the makers of some indie game, um, are making a Zelda version for the switch and it looks good too. It's a rhythm game. Um, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Link's beat saber. I mean, <laughs> no master beat saber sword. Wait, what? Master beats. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that really appeals to the target demographic of the Zelda franchise. Um, but there are new Zelda games coming out soon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Zelda rhythm game. Cadence of Hyrule. And yes. it's like Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring the Legend of Zelda. Exactly. So, so it's... Uh, I have, okay. I have heard amazing things of Crypt of the Necrodancer, but I have never actually played it because it doesn't really apply... Strike me as a game I would be interested in playing. It's a roguelike so. with with uh, uh yeah, you musical. have to hit keystrokes at the same time and apparently yeah. the music's really uh, yeah i'm the same way i and i like roguelikes i just don't like clicking yep. but th- that one the um the crypt of the necrodancer whatever that it's it's um the animation style is more um uh a link to the past zelda so it looks it looks really good for me, you know the 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 old school two D um, top down look that looks really cool for me. But the um, the one that I'm actually the Zelda that I'm looking forward to is the uh, the remake, which yep. I just I, I need to play that. Yep, me too. Yep, yep. <laughs> Link's Great Awakening. That's the one. That's the one that I'm gonna play. Um, the other one I'll buy, I'll buy, but I won't actually beat it or anything like that. <laughs> You'll try it and be like, okay, well I played it. Exactly, exactly. Um, so those two Zelda games are coming out, and that's that's really exciting. Um, other than that, you know, um, I'm okay with Zelda. We're good. <laughs> okay, that'll bring us into our first intermission until we get into the topic of today. See you after the break. Hey everyone, Ken here. Just a quick note that you can find our website at lunchcrewproductions.com. There you can find our social media, Discord, show notes, and of course, subscribe to our shows. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. So as I was talking about curry, I said... Mm-hmm. <laughs> not curry conventions conventions that's right conventions uh, what is topics? the convention of your curry uh it is uh <laughs> digested so, right now okay welcome back everyone today's topic conventions what are they oh poor wes oh boy <laughs> that rang my ears i can only imagine what it did for him so <laughs> conventions what are Sorry, they that, that that's a nerd convention thing what are conventions? Okay, I'll answer myself. It's it's a uh, standard of which things are designed to. That's yes. conventional. No, conventions are are <laughs> where uh, users or fans of a specific item or concept meet. It could be a business convention uh, based around a business business concept. It could be a fan convention based around uh, a, a concept. <laughs> Um, but in this case, we're talking about 
geek related conventions. Uh, the reason why this is actually on our radar was uh, uh, myself and my family uh, out here in Seattle uh, went to the Emerald City Comic Con uh, a weekend ago, and it was amazing. So what we're going to talk about is, well, what are they? Ken, have you been to a convention? Yes. Sorry. Brandon, uh, have you been yeah. to a convention? Um, I have been to a gathering of people. Um, no, no, I have not been to a convention. Okay, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You have a Subaru, do you not? I do. You belong to a Subaru enthusiasts group, correct? That is correct. How many enthusiasts meet at a given time? Oh, depends on the day. <laughs> if it's a, if it's a good Sunday, then um, we're getting yeah, we'll, we can get a hundred people easy. Yeah, that's that, bigger than some game conventions. I've that been to. is absolutely, but yeah, exactly. That is bigger than some gaming conventions. That that is, I will say, that is a small convention of Subaru owners, and so therefore, you have been to a convention just okay. not a conventional convention so <laughs> i'll, I'll me, take this opportunity though uh so brandon have you ever been to like a trade show for the yes. or auto show yes yes so that's pretty auto much shows same. auto shows yeah. i go to um i used to go to a computer show back uh when they had them in new england um every uh, every couple of weeks to vegas yeah pretty much and then stopped yeah <laughs> exactly for the best in most cases well, um, you know what so, they've turned into? Those computer shows have turned into, from dissolving, they've turned into PAX East or South or PAX, which is yeah. Penny Arcade Expo. Yeah. It's the same which, thing. Yeah. It, it's, but they're all kind of fit within that purview of a convention. So the way I personally look at conventions, I, I think that there's basically two styles of conventions. There's a convention that the industry puts on and invites people to and then there's a convention where it is a bunch of people with the interest and then they end up clustering together and then all of a sudden now it's really big because a lot of people just cluster together the um uh, uh what is that game it's the game where you're the guy and you just roll around and you like collect the entire city never mind Cardo, Cardo Mario, yes yeah. yes which by exact, the way it's a fantastic way. game Yes, it is the Cardamati principle or whatever that Katamari. is. Katamari. Katamari, whatever. I don't the like grapes Calamari. The breaded and fried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Calamari a trap. Delicacy. Calamari delicacy is the name of the game. Calamari delicacy. <laughs> Calamari damacy. I, I don't yeah. even know what the name is anymore. But yeah, it, it is. It's it's one of those things, like you said, it, it, it starts out with a kernel of fandom. And then more as more and more people show up, more and more... Uh, things get added to it. Um, like the PAX thing started out as a video gaming convention, but you'll also find comic book artists, web artists, because, well, Penny Arcade is a web cartoon uh, or a comic, web comic. Um, Dungeons and Dragons style stuff, role-playing stuff. It just it just kept growing. And it was a... It, it, and in the story of Penny Arcade, the whole reason why um, Penny Arcade put on a, a convention was basically as a big middle finger to a uh, busybody lawyer who tried to um, Jack, Jack, what was Jack's last name? Anyway, it doesn't matter. They said <laughs> the uh, lawyer this... from Florida that sued yeah, every, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, can't remember was... his last name. Disbarred and all that. Some, yeah. Because he was, uh, he oh, was looking me. for fame through trying to get rid of Grand Theft Auto type stuff. Yes. Yeah. I Jack, Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson. That's right. And uh, so they basically 
in out of spite started this and a charity um to uh give kids in hospitals uh games and uh, gaming systems and it's it's pretty fantastic so yeah so they've turned from the 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 old you know hyper focused into one thing into a more a broad spectrum uh, if you like something in geekdom and you go to one of these geek conventions, you'll find something that is definitely up your alley. Uh, in, in my case, the Emerald City Comic Con that I just was at is about comic books. But if you went there, you wouldn't realize that because the special guests were from Boy Meets World. That was uh, all the Will Friedle and, and uh, um, Fred Savage and a bunch of other. Stranger Things was there. Um, that was the most of the kids from that show. Um, were there uh, george takai was there uh rupert Green, oh my. I mean, yeah oh he geez he was you know he may be like 110 years old but he is spry so uh or <laughs> what okay. the actual thing was which was very interesting and in my personal experience was the critical role people were there and the fans for critical role showed up and it became emerald city critical role con but okay so they they, they are basically they are basically um there to allow fans to do things and to interact with other fans and interact with the people behind the scenes. A comic con, you, you know, you like Deadpool, you like his comic book. So you want to go meet some of the artists who've drawn Deadpool, or you want to meet the guy who's responsible for making Deadpool, Deadpool, you know, not Rob Liefeld who created Deadpool, but the guy who decided that the smart alecky Merc with the mouth who breaks the fourth wall. I can't think of the name of the, of the writer. Yeah. You might be able to meet him there. You know, a couple of years ago, Stan Lee uh, was there it's about comics but well, it's also can i can i interject really quick sure sure i'm glad i'm glad stanley was not there this year <laughs> uh, it's messed up it's too soon <laughs> i believe he up. was uh i believe they brought his ashes and uh you could really? uh yeah you pay you pay 60 bucks and yeah, you get a little smudge. take a picture of them <laughs> yeah you get a, take a so picture the, and a little smudge and you although know, the important question would be uh do those proceeds go directly to? Uh, I used to say Michael Eisner, but I, Michael Eisner is no longer CEO it's of Disney. Kevin, Kevin, something or other, who does the Marvel uh, the cinematic yeah, universe. Does it go straight to Kevin Disney? Feige? Basically. Kevin Feige, yeah. Um, no, 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 no. I don't. I don't think the the Disney gets it. Um, he, uh, he, he didn't can, sign the the Lucas Arts contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. Uh, yeah. So actually right. what's, what's interesting, uh, a friend of mine met Stanley two years ago and he was already in his nineties and she went to take a picture with him and he was just wiped just absolutely. He was just, he was just holding space and, uh, that's kind of sad, but at the same time he was yeah. doing it to be with the fans. So, you know, and that's, that's what conventions are like. Now, if I may mm -hmm. take this time and share Imagine, some, if you will. Yeah, we, we control the horizontal, we control the vertical. If I may talk a little bit about my experiences, because uh, it was Missy's first time, Owen's first time. And I've been to Dragon Con. I've met Steve Jackson. We've talked about that. I've been to, mm -hmm. but it's been 20 years since I've been in a, at a convention. And there were a buttload of people there. And people dress up. They dress up in costumes and Seattle is probably one of the only cities where, you know, I was walking around and a homeless dude's like, man, how was the St. Patrick's day parade? I'm like, that's tomorrow. Uh -huh. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Oh, all these costumes. I said, that's the comic con. And he went, right, right, right. Totally. Well, didn't expect. Yeah. 
Uh, Drag- DragonsCon has gotten really big. I mean, the, they actually have like local news coverage and it's like happens to be right outside ESPN's headquarters and all kinds of other stuff. So it's it's accepted by people that are downtown that all these uh, fandom people are going to be running around in costumes and stuff like that. So it's uh, co- cosplay is no longer the necessarily entirely weird thing that it used to be. Maybe I still think it's a little weird in some regards, but what cosplay you know. is, is costume play acting mm-hmm. cosplay and uh it's a throwback to the days where people would make their own star trek uniforms and find ears to wear and uh just show up dressed as your favorite character and there are people out there who make a living oh, dressing professional up. yeah professional yeah. cosplayers and yeah. i'm not talking about the 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 yeehaw yoho whatever you want to call them that stay stand in Times square in a rented smelly costume taking pictures with with uh tourists thank you these are people who who spend a lot of money they singer 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 um uh sewing machines is a sponsor of the emerald city comic con because of the the costumes that are there um you know brandon going through the airport Mm -hmm. with a lightsaber is cosplay uh (laughs) yeah close enough you said that you said that it was your your darth dressed up yeah yeah um it's a great way. And you know, the funny thing is, is that everybody who is dressed up in costume, just even, even the so-called bad ones, the ones where people, everybody made an effort and there's something beautiful about all of them. So it was just a lot to see, but again, there were so many people there. Um, anyway, so I was lucky enough. I got to meet, uh, Phil Foglio, who is an artist that I followed, uh, from, uh, early days, uh, the nineties, late eighties. Um, what, uh, what is he known for? He is known for right now girlgenius.com, uh, which is a steampunk adventure uh, featuring um, a female protagonist. It's uh, long running, and he's one of the first people to be like, I'm going to give the comic away for free. But if you want to buy it as a trade paperback or even a hardback, you can do that. And uh, he's got a very specific art style. He has done, uh, he was one of the artists for the first, um, first, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The first edition of magic the gathering um he i believe his art was in dragon that's magazine where, that's where i remember his name from right okay. right and but the thing is is that his art was so different little two and a half inch by four inch squares i used to collect yes for a lot of money well so what was great he and his wife kaya which is spelled k-a-j-a so for the longest time i thought it was kaja but it's kaya 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 that's the way um they were <laughs> absolutely lovely people and i completely embarrassed myself and uh it was great but they also had they have another artist that works with him he's a colorist but he's an artist none of us and he's fantastic and um i had thought phil had done work for uh, uh the board game or the pen and paper game paranoia and when i asked phil phil's like no no i, I didn't do that and that's when <laughs> this other artist went like oh hey you know it's a little known fact that uh and his name is Cheyenne Wright. And Cheyenne's like, yeah, when they did the Kickstarter to release the new version of Paranoia, I did the cover art for it and the art for it. And I said, no kidding. And he's like, yeah. I said, I just bought that. And so uh, I returned the next day because uh, with a copy of it with the box and he signed it up. It's really cool. So meeting them was fantastic. That was the artist. That was the Comic-Con aspect. Uh, it was really, really cool. Um I managed to speak with members of Critical Role, Matt Mercer, Talison Jaffe, um, and their 
event coordinator slash handler, Brittany Wallach. It was fantastic. Uh, it, it was really great. I mean, Matt and Talison, their their lines were the longest because they spent the most time talking to people. That's not to put anything down on the other cast members. It was just really cool to see what they did. Um, Brittany Wallach, I got to give a shout out, not that she'll ever hear this. She allowed me to break uh, convention rules by videoing because we were after closing and we weren't able to buy new things. So she's like, just videotape it. You'll be, or just videotape it. Can I just videotape? videotape what is this? The eighties? Come on. Yeah, Can exactly. Camcorder out. And finally, this is the big thing. And the whole reason why this is the episode we're having here, because I want to brag about this. I was allowed to take a picture with the whole critical role crew. And I'm standing next to one of the members. His name is Travis Willingham. Travis has got a deep voice. Travis did. Um, I can't think of the Colonel's name from, uh, um, Sanders. No, no, it's an anime. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Dra- Dragon Ball, I think. No, well, I can't remember. Anyway, he did. He his first claim to fame was uh, this. This, I can't believe. Uh, Kurt, uh, the mustard. I, I can't Mustang. Kurt, yes, Colonel Mustard. mustard. No, it wasn't Colonel <laughs> Mustard. It was. It was uh, Mustang. Was his name? And uh, okay. And uh, so yeah, so Travis is right behind me, and he says something to me, and I react. I make this face like I'm stoned. He makes this face like he's going, and it's obviously the best worst picture I've ever taken. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure it's in the show notes so you can see how bad it is. It's fantastic. I have no idea what he said. All I remember is him saying something buttery in my ear. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the real reason why you paid the price of admission, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my God. It was fantastic. Whisper tweet. Nothing. I just, I have to, I have to twit him or send a Twitch to Twitter, whatever. Tweet. Tweet that thing with the T. Ah. the T. Yeah. Well, there's another vowel sound I could use, and I'm not going to use that one. Anyway, so um, I'll tweet him and say, dude, do you remember what you said? But he won't because, you know, they were – you go in, you had 10 seconds, take a picture, you move on. So, But, yeah, that that was my Emerald City Comic Con. That was mine. Now, Missy had never been, so she was so excited. With so many people there, it just was – it was just – it was amazing. So much to see, so many shops, so many things to buy, so many things to look at, so much art. She loved it. Owen had such a great time. He got to do, you see, you know, it, it's like a flea market in many ways. Sometimes you'll find treasure, but most of the time it's stuff you could buy online. It's just, you can see it right there. Right. And uh, the other thing is, yeah, you can buy it online, but if you really like that thing and you don't have a copy of it, say like Paranoia, you can go buy that copy of paranoia and then pick it up and go have an artist, a writer, you know, exactly. whoever, a cast member sign it. Exactly. And th- there's value in that for collectibles. I understand that. So there's, there's, there's something about seeing a piece of art hanging uh, in front of you that makes you say, I, I want that. And then you <laughs> buy it, you know, and it, it just had so, and, and then go to the, the downstairs where, where all the, you know, the dice are or the, the hardwood materials that, you know, the, the accoutrements for Dungeons and Dragons, like say a dice vault, you know, made out of exotic woods and, and just touching these things is just the, where you, I mean, you can look online and the pictures are beautiful and all, there's still something to be said about a quote unquote brick and mortar experience. So that is alone. You know, I look at, say I want to get a dice box so I can roll dice. You know, it's made out of a hardwood with, you know, leather in it. Yeah. I look online and that's pretty pricey but then you go 
Oh, yeah. And you're like, this is actually sturdy. It's something that looks nice. It smells nice. It smells wonderful. And you get the chance to to roll some dice on it. And yeah, it's to, very to prove its randomness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, what? I mean, I know people do it, too. But, well, you know. yeah, well, there's a whole science that we could do a whole episode on dice if, uh, you know, Brandon didn't want to destroy us in his boredom. Uh, oh, no, I'm know. good. I, I actually know exactly what you're talking about. Haven't been to like um, not conventions, but, you know, stuff where you're like you, you need that tactile feel of something. Um, some oh, of the yeah. auto shows I used to go to, um, you know, that's how I ended up with some of the parts. It's just like, oh. Oh, let me touch this real quick. Uh, yeah, this is going in my car right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I I get it. That that custom shifter top. Oh, oh, so oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know for a fact if it's something I've seen that when you open the door and it puts the Subaru logo on the ground, if I see that in person <laughs> and have the chance to be like, yeah. And not only that, talk to someone who's like, oh, the install is really easy. You just run the wire. The install is actually really easy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <But> if, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's it's it's really a cool thing. And, but again, you know, you'll go from one booth uh, that has all this unique stuff and then you'll walk over to another booth and it's like, oh, look at all this Chessex dice they have, you know, Chessex being like the dice maker everyone has. And you can buy bulk dice, you know, from just about anywhere and it's yeah, like yeah you know, I'm yeah at dragon con one of the big things was there's a vendor i'm assuming they're still there that but they would do dice by the pound and stuff like that you you can't go and pick and choose them it is a random assortment of dice but you can buy it per the pound you know now see that's not so bad dice by the pound you know you just you just scoop in and grab out what you want but these are like where they've got you know the seven dice they're all the same oh sure, yeah the, yeah the the chessex dice right and they're like six Boxes. bucks screw that you know six that's actually great for a set of chessex dice all right yeah well true they're they're not the one-offs that you normally get from their two pound bags or whatever but yeah. anyway uh, yeah but so, uh, yeah so there is something to be said about the physicality of like the merchandise side um again both because you can do that thing uh you have the interaction with the artists and the one nerd thing on that thing i did was a number of years ago uh, Michael Stackpole, he he goes to Dragon Dragon Con a lot, uh, but he's going to be at that Dragon Con, and they just announced the re, the that they're going to release uh, Wasteland Two, which now, this now was several years Michael ago. Michael Stackpole, yeah, Michael Stackpole. Who he's better known for writing a bunch of Star Wars books, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but before he did that, one of the first things he worked on many years ago was the original uh, script for the first Wasteland game. This is like 87, I think, 89 and that. Um, so one of the things I did, because that was one of the games that was foundational for me and very influential when, uh, when I was a, a Ute. Um, so I basically found, had a different friend who had, you still had an original box of it. Uh, I He shipped it to me. I scanned it in. I cleaned it up in Photoshop. I basically made a poster of it. And I printed out a couple of these posters on like nice glossy and stuff like that. And I took a bunch of them up there. And I got in line to have Michael Stackpole autograph stuff. And I whooped him out and they're like, holy crap, what is this? And, you know, at that point, I don't even know if he was engaged to work on Wasteland 2. Um, but after that, uh, I noticed that some of the backer rewards became like autographed posters of Wasteland 2 cover art <laughs> and stuff. So he's like, hey, this is a great idea. I mean, it, it looks good. Um, Are you looking at it right now? And so 
uh, one of the things on the cover art of Waste uh, Wasteland and the box art, they had a picture, and you, you often see it like in band liners, where it's like a picture of the members of the cast, like in some costume and stuff like this. This was a Wasteland appropriate. So it's basically a picture of them standing in the middle of the desert somewhere, all looking all post-apocalyptic and stuff. So I'm like, if you can like autograph over here and then if you can initial right over your head, you know, it was just kind of, that was my, that was my nerd out moment. And uh, he was more than happy to oblige. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And sign here and I need your kidney, please. Thank you. And a blood sample. Yes. (laughs) That's the really cool thing. Artists, Artists will sign anything. They'll be like, yeah, absolutely. But like, uh, uh, actors and whatnot, or, or uh, personalities, you have to pay money to be able to get that. That's usually very true. Yep. So to be able to, you know, walk up to an artist, which is really great, like Phil Foglio, he would have signed anything I put out for him. He's like, all right, I, I'd be glad to sign something. So I grabbed Owen and I said, can you sign him? Yeah. I laughed. Missy laughed. Kaya laughed. He just looked at me. So it was a little awkward. <laughs> I, I don't think do my it? humor. No, he signed other okay. things. I don't think my humor. Um, your your cleavage? My cleavage. Humor. My humor. He said, uh, your, really, your femur? My femur didn't. Um, it was, well, it was apparently that was the funny bone I was working with. Okay. Today. Yeah. Which was not very good, apparently. Apparently not. <laughs> anyway, I think we side, uh, we sidetracked a little bit, I think. Yeah. So. Basically, basically, we all had a blast. The only problem is is that there was probably 10 to 20,000 people there. I don't know if that is, that's probably because we went to a panel that was basically standing room only. And there were at least 2000 people in there. So, and that's, that was the seating. And there were more than 2000 because they had 2000 seats, but there were still people standing along the walls and everything. I'm actually surprised because I thought Emerald city would be larger. When you say larger, what do you mean? Uh, 30 i mean i i I haven't really ever looked at it but the fact that i know people here in quite literally the opposite corner of the continental united states going i'm going to eccc ecc whatever that's right yeah yeah well and i was like all right cool you know um see you when you get uh you know hey they they were they like all about and they went but we have a lot of people in where i'm living that are all about like the seattle lifestyle so like to go visit and everything so well there probably was that many people, um, but don't get me wrong. That's still a, sh- a, a whole lot of people. <laughs> I'm not, you know, um, so I, I, but since I've heard about it and stuff like that from you and other people, I, I thought it might be a slightly bigger convention, but I just, it is I, it, I actually know. from everything I've been told, this is probably the largest convention uh, this year. Uh, the critical role people were like, we have yet to see anything bigger. Really? Okay. So, but again, they should go to dragon con. <laughs> The the next one they're going to is in um, uh, Denver. Next one's in Denver. Okay. And then they're going to Indianapolis, which probably will be the bigger one because that takes place inside um, a stadium. I think. I don't know. Indianapolis. Okay. That's not yeah. like Gen Con, is it? That might be it. I guess. I don't know. But anyway. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's that's apparently Gen Con. Gen Con is a huge, huge. gaming convention. Um. Dragon Con's more just kind of generic nerd fandom, and Comic Cons are generally about comics. Gen Con is about gaming, everything gaming. It really, it's it's huge. I know a lot of people have gone to that one. So I I, I would love to go there, but I don't like being in Indianapolis in August anymore. Uh, yeah. So um, I think where you're going with that, Patrick, was 
how did your new hands at uh, conventions handle it compared to your new to that particular convention, but wizened to other conventions? Well, you know, that's a really great question. Um, yeah, it's, it's totally the never... one you were getting up to. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really great question. I'm glad I wrote it. Um, the uh, the big thing is, is that the conventions I've been to felt big. E-C-C-C-C-C-C. Uh, just was huge i have never um i mean it felt like walking around disney world and it just being that crowded the artist row we went okay friday we showed up we went and looked at like the flea market area where all the game companies are all the dice people you know all the all the what and that wasn't so bad you could walk around you could you know sure traffic got pretty bad but it wasn't as bad as you know say black friday at the mall but it was, you know, pretty busy. Saturday was hellacious. We went up to Artist Row and they shove artists into a much smaller space. You had maybe eight feet across. They had maybe six feet of space. And we were just, it just was so unpleasant. So many people. And yet it was fantastic because you got to deal with the artists. You got to deal with the, the art itself. We ended up running into... um the creators of a webcomic called Two Lumps, which are about two cats, uh, Snooch and Ebenezer, twolumps.net, and uh, just had Missy, I pointed them out, Missy bowled people out of the way to get over there. They were so thrilled that, you know, we came out of nowhere to be like, hey, we got to we, we gotta say hi. And we ended up buying some original art from them. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, made Missy's day. So it was, we didn't even know they were there just happened to luck out, but it was so busy there. Um, I don't know. See, now here's the other thing. I didn't even get to the, go to the part that I did previously at a different convention, which was the board gaming where you could go and actually play games with strangers. Uh, Cause I what could possibly go wrong? Well, actually I've ran games, you know, uh, I, that's how we met Steve Jackson. You know, I did, we did tune. We did, uh, we play tested something for a friend and you know, it, I didn't even get the chance to see that because it was just so much stuff going on. Uh, it was almost overwhelming. The uh, part to get signatures, that's a whole day. And we spent maybe six hours in a line, a queue for you Canadian listeners, uh, that just, they we kept Canadian saying, listeners? I, we might just in case. <laughs> Wait, yeah. we have listeners that don't have blood and bacon yet? Must nope. get them. <laughs> I think you got to be careful bacon. with that. Be Canadian blood and bacon. No, Canadian blood Canadian, and Canadian no, bacon. Blood and Canadian bacon? Yeah. yeah. I, that sounds better. Yeah. Sequel. DLC right there. Oh, yeah. Sure. There you go. We could probably write it. It'd be just as good. <laughs> It'll be better. Trust me. <laughs> Are you implying because it would have writing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that game is great. So, Can't wait so to yeah, get away. It was. <laughs> <laughs> to many, many people. You know, I think we're being counterproductive in doing that because I think people are like, no, no, don't tell them we listen. We'll go get blood and bacon out of it. I hope so. <laughs> so that, uh, that is the plan. I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to get blood and bacon on the top 10 bestsellers. List. <laughs> oh, nice. Yes, you actually uh, took your life savings and you invested it in the company that produces it. So this is your 10-year plan. Well, exactly. Apparently, he had only about 400 bucks in his life savings. <laughs> yeah, you don't need that many copies, trust me. <laughs> no, I meant the investment in the people. So, 
so yeah, it 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 was really really interesting, and, and this is going to tie into uh, a, another question that you and I talked about, Ken. Um, is the industry stronger or weaker now? The industry of of comics or the industry of whatever. And I'm going to say what's interesting is conventions aren't necessarily for the big corporations. We're watching, you know, game developers decide, you know what, we're not going to go to E3 or E3's dead. We're not going to go to whatever because they just, it's not cost effective for them. So technically I have one word, although I like to call it two words to counteract your argument here, BlizzCon. And that was a disaster. Right, but it it is a... It is a single uh, vendor, Blizzard, for those who haven't caught on yet, um, putting on a convention for their own things. And it, I, don't, I haven't followed it really ever, but I knew it was very popular for a very long time. And it was, I mean, it was a big convention. So unless they were like paying people to show up. You know, no, they weren't. Uh, BlizzCon was huge. I've I've wanted to go to a BlizzCon only because I wanted some of the crap for uh, for WoW when I played WoW. Okay. Um, and they there, it's huge. It's it's been huge for ever. <laughs> yeah, pretty much ever since they decided to have one, right? Yeah, exactly. So, well, that's because of WoW World of Warcraft. Yeah, World of Warcraft well, had millions of fans of players. So yeah, that's going to definitely do something but that is huge fandom for something like comics something like computers something like cars something like world of warcraft so yeah that was one industry one that we've already explored the fact that they're a little different than anyone else Mm -hmm. so i don't think if 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 emerald city comic con was dark horse city comic con yeah okay they had a big presence there but I don't necessarily see the big companies really pushing conventions. Marvel wasn't there, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. So again, this is kind of where I was going before, where I think there's kind of two different fields for conventions. Um, the San Diego comic con is a convention, but in my opinion, it's really more of a trade show. That's where the big industry players, they show up because a lot of them are based in that neighborhood. Um, or that area, you know, the California, basically, um, they show up, they, they swing a large pres- media presence. I mean, they really do it up. It'd be the equivalent of E3 for gamers back when anyone ever cared about E3. So you gotta, when you say California, you gotta understand California is tall. San Diego is like, I don't know. Um, the very Gainesville. bottom. Yeah. It's like Gainesville area. Right. But it, it is a large convention. Northern California is like just south of Washington, D.C. So, I mean, that's, I don't know if that's true, but I'm, you know what I'm, I'm saying. I'm sure if we ever have to li- get a listener in Oregon, I'm sure it'll be very happy <laughs> with you. Oregon? Oregon's nowhere near California. I kid. <laughs> Oregon is California's hat. And then we're <laughs> Oregon's hat. So, but, you know, the... The thing is, is that I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Yes, I agree with you. I think something like uh, the San Diego um, versus the Emerald City, San Diego is, is again, hyper-focused on the concept where other conventions to survive have to be more spread out. And I'm going to say in those more spread out conventions, uh, the, the independent artist or the independent manufacturer or whatever, pardon me, the independent manufacturer are the ones that really uh, make out like bandits because, you know, they're the ones who are able to uh, kowtow to the flavor of the month. 
I like like Emerald City Comic Con. I, I think I said it already was Critical Role Comic Con. Uh, everybody there was about Critical Role, and so all the artists who had Critical Role art, fan art for sale, uh, made out like bandits. Uh, it, there was a there was people handing out stickers. Uh, you know, just in, in, in one said, you know, Critter for 2019 Emerald City Comic Con. You stuck it to your ta- your badge, or or. You know, they're running a gag where you vote for one cast member for president of D&D Beyond, which is a, a website, um, or vote for another and you can show your your support for them. And it was it was very interesting. And again, I think the smaller artists who were able to tap into the 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 geek thing of the moment were able to walk away as if. Uh, they were um, a bigger, bigger industry than they, they really are. Or they, they were, yep. you know what I mean? Um, so no, is I, the industry- I, I absolutely agree. It, it's, it, it allows smaller players to actually be able to have a presence. And that's, that's always a good thing because I'm, I'm all about, you know, diversity of ideas. And if I, if I'm a small mom and pop and say I were to make a game called Canadian bacon and, and uh, sinew or something like that. And then it was oh, a good, good game and, uh, I could, you know, actually be able to reach people, connect with them, and you know, on a something beyond like a Twitter or something like that. So yeah, there, there's value there. There really is. So yeah, I think I think uh, I think that really works out. Watching conventions though, and watching certain trade shows close because the industry is is just not seeing the returns that they were seeing before is interesting. And then going to Emerald City Comic Con and just you know, look, I, I have anxiety in some ways, uh, especially in crowds. And it's weird. Oh, walking. Okay. <laughs> what's what's that? No, I was about to say that it must have been interesting. Well, it not, was. Not necessarily in a good way, but. It, well, only once was it bad. And that's because they kept shoving us in closer and closer and closer while waiting for, for uh, signatures. Right. And so I was able to escape. Uh, but my friend who has anxiety much worse than I was not able to escape. And I abandoned them. <laughs> but Owen, the trooper he is, he stayed. Missy went with me. It was it worked out. So um, what I was going to say, though, what was really interesting is that uh, the social anxiety that I have when I was walking from the hotel to the convention center, which was maybe seven tenths of a mile, um, felt different than when we walked into the convention, because all of a sudden I'm surrounded by people who speak my language. They understand what it's like to be a fan, to have that moment of, oh, my God, I'm meeting someone, you know, for the first time that I've followed for for years. And they understand it. Even that person understands it. Phil Foglio, I laugh and say I made him feel uncomfortable. I may have. But at the same time, he was gracious and he was understanding and he was able to say, hey, I get it. You know, Uh, so it was weird being inside this group, watching, you know, looking around, feeling comfortable, being able to walk up to someone who is dressed up as Ralph, the guard from Animaniacs and saying, Hey man, <laughs> can I take your photo and him being like, absolutely. Let me sure. Thank you. You know, or, or, um, walking with a friend who was dressed up as a character from uh, critical role and having other characters from critical role running up and gushing over their everybody. Just, just the costumes. Everybody was like, oh my God, your costume's so great. We love it. And like I said earlier, when we're talking about cosplay, even the most simple costume had something 
absolutely beautiful about it. And it's not like even, even the ones that were thrown together with cardboard were not thrown together with cardboard. You know, the simpler looking ones were actually the most complex ones. And uh, it's just, I, I felt extremely comfortable, even though there were so many people there. It just, it's just weird. Like I said, you know, it could have been and sitting here. <laughs> you were among line, your people. You were among your people. That's yeah. you're like welcome to my neighborhood. Yeah, so. exactly. You know, hey, man! Wow, you know more about this than I do, and I don't know if I I but t- okay. Yeah, it was great. We sat in line uh, to go to a panel for again critical role. I don't want to beat this horse with a with a stick yet. But while we were in line, uh, we were standing sitting next to some people. Uh, standing sitting whatever um waiting who, waiting yeah we we all sat down but we uh we started talking they are artists and they are actually really good artists and they were online and we just started chatting with them we chatted with people on our left behind us all laughed and joked it just felt like not necessarily a family but a neighborhood yeah you had some common background like brandon already said you were with your people and yeah, exactly. I, I get i get that um, I really do. I, I got that. And I've done that when I was like at Dragon Con a couple a couple years in a row. I went, um, I eventually basically found a, you know, a tribe of people to hang out with for lack of a better way to put in it. Um, they were not people that I associated with any other time, except when I was at that convention once a year. So, you know, it, it's stuff like that. It, it You build your own community and it, it's nice to be able to have something in common with, uh, you know, those people. So. Oh yeah. And you know, what's nice now, um, with uh, the internet we're friends with those people on twitter and uh we talk back and forth missy has had conversations with uh content creators uh people who who uh, create things and it's just so that's what a content creator does <laughs> certainly not what we do yeah we're certainly not creating anything <laughs> no. we're just consuming it all uh no i, I, I she just she's really excited about it and we're definitely doing it again next year Mm-hmm. knowing what we're running into next year, it's going to be, okay, uh, first day we'll do this. Second day we'll do this. Third day we may do targeted things for this, this, or this, you know, just because, you know, Thursdays, there's probably hardly anyone there. Friday was like, oh, everybody's getting out of work. Let's make it. And then Saturday, holy crap. And then Sunday, yeah, people are like, all right, it's maybe not as much. And so you're starting to turn into a professional con goer again, huh? I don't know. We, plan. we even talked about volunteering. We'll see if that's uh, for three Ooh. years from now. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that is rough work. I did that one year at Dragon Con to uh, basically buy my badge. So I I did the volunteering hours on a uh, programming track, and it was. I'm glad I did the experience, but it's a lot of work. It's like a lot of things. It's you think it's easy. You think you get something for free. You're not. You're if you go by the rules and a lot of people try to get out of doing it by the rules, you're putting in a lot of time. You're putting a lot of, a lot of work. You're basically you're trading time for money. Right. So, well, and that's one of the things we talked with some of the other volunteers. They said people just didn't show up to work. Right. And what was supposed to be a four hour shift became eight hours and then 12 hours. Not that oh, they minded okay. because, you know, they got to meet, the the personalities behind this like Gwendolyn Christie from uh, Game of Thrones or Star Wars she uh she's a, a a very nice person who went out of her way to uh talk with some of the uh some of the staff people we got to hear stories about that it was it was just uh it, yeah it's it's very nice um but again it's a different story for those of us with anxiety 
but you know so anyway uh who who do you think listening to me blather on who do you think wins out is it the artists is it the the personalities is it the companies is it the fans who wins out at a at a convention well, it certainly looks like the fans, in, in, in my opinion, uh, listening to you gush for the last 40 minutes, um, you're, you're just, you know, you're you're still over the moon. And this happened, what, two weeks ago, a week ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. two weeks ago. So yeah. you're, you're still over the moon. It, it, it obviously had an effect on you. Now, the artists themselves, I mean, they get to see a fan. So they, they you know, they appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, but... You know, its impact on you is seems significantly more. <laughs> yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, I would hope that each artist that went there was able to offset the cost of buying a table and received new fans because of it. I know, um, based on some of the art that we bought, that yeah, we are fans of of some artists um, now, and we'll be looking at them. So yeah, it. I I would hope I would hope everybody wins. Um. That uh, even even the companies like what uh, Weta W E T A, Weta, the sure. uh, effects company that also do models and everything, mm-hmm. they were okay. there. You know, um, I I hope they did well. Uh, Dark Horse was there. A company called Wormwood, if you W Y R M W O O D, they do um, wood created dice boxes and things like that. Okay, yeah, I think the uh, one of the kickstarting goals. That you could buy into was a wormwood custom uh, board set for the Trogdor board game. So yes, I actually got to see the Trogdor uh, uh, set. Yeah, uh, I had a complaint. There are no consonant Bs. In, in retrospect, I think it's a very, very simple game. I'm, I'm, I'm in it more for nostalgia. What, so. what was that, Brandon? I said I do not understand the whole Trogdor thing. I just don't get it. Have you seen Trogdor? Have you seen the videos? Yeah. Do you, yes, yes, I do have. You know, and I just do. Do you know about Hom- Homestar Runner? The song of the 60s. The king of town's gone mad with power. He's going to eat the short. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Ken and I get it. Brandon, you do. Yes, Yes, you do. I I don't. I get that. Um, Again, but though, Homestar Runner is also a product of the time that we watched it. I mean, if you look back at it now, it's not as punchy. No, not at all. Um, yeah, it was is you had to be there. Um, <laughs> it's the difference between someone telling you about Star Wars kid and then seeing it when it came out, and you're just like, "What the hell is going?" Well, now on you here? feel now terrible like, about now Star Wars troll. kid. Well, sure. now, yeah, now, uh, but now you know you get the after school e Hollywood true story about the you know the, Holly, the Star Wars kid and stuff. So uh, yeah, behind the memes, it's uh, behind it's the terrible. meme. So. It is. It, it really is. He was he was bullied because of blah blah blah. But that's not. We're going to take that there. In a group of you know, we'll you know, we'll come back to Gislaine, which is his name, in a few moments. No, we won't. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Because you don't know what's happening after the intermission. You don't care. <laughs> I said no. We don't care enough about that kid. I don't care about Star Wars kid anymore. It happened. No, I'm joking. Let's all strike that. So we will return to that. <laughs> After the next intermission, when we talk about our uh, lightning round. So at the end of this, at the end of this discussion, you already answered this, Brandon. And I think you answered it for me. Is it worth it? Oh, hell yes. It was absolutely worth it. My, my question is, um, what was the, the cost of the, the three-day pass, I'm assuming? Yeah, three-day pass. All right. What was the cost of the three-day pass? 
I honestly don't know. Missy purchased it. If I knew, I'd probably have a heart attack. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was overly expensive. No, no. I, I, the, well, there's that cost, but you know, um, you know, you you also have your travel and stuff like that. Was the time and money yes. invested yeah. worth it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, I assume that's something that each person has to answer for themselves because I'm sure. Yes. Well, um, when you go to a convention, you're going to be spending money. Again, it it is like going to Disney World. You know. You will mm-hmm. definitely be spending money. Yeah, it really is. You hand your wallet over at the admission and collect your funny money. And you know, um, Dragon Con. When I was going to Dragon Con, we would get a hotel for four nights. So this is a hotel in downtown Atlanta. You're looking at about two fifty a night plus. Um, depending on your kind of con goer, depends on how many ways you split that. <laughs> um, in my youth. When I didn't have as much disposable income, I would go to events, not uh, specifically Dragon Con, but I would go to similar kind of things when I would split a hotel room eight ways. So that makes it really affordable, but you don't know where you're going to, you don't know if you're going to be able to get the good spot under the sink. I got the tub. So (laughs) without the water this time. Um, But uh, conversely, uh, Patrick, I said, you, I know, you know, you said you've been to Dragon Con. So I'll kind of be curious what your experience is. Uh, was Dragon Con basically just a five day drunken party to you? No, because I was uh, I was not like that at that time. Okay, so uh, it, it pretty much is for me. But uh, so, but just looking at the expense uh, for me, it's travel up to Atlanta. So you're looking at a couple tanks of gas, all your food and liquor, which is usually quite a lot for you know five days, and then you know the accommodations and plus price of ticket, anything you want to buy there. I mean, um, if I was to sit down and do it today, I would probably make sure I have at least 1500 to $2,000 for that kind of stuff. It could be very expensive. And I also don't sleep eight people per room anymore. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's actually probably a fair, fair uh, thing. But it's like any vacation. And, uh, you know, right. we were just driving to Seattle. That's a tank of gas total back there and back. Actually, I went there, back there, back and there, back. You know, because because Owen yeah. had to work Friday night, and uh, it. Yep. Then you have the hotel room. Our ho- we we could have stayed at the Hyatt, which is where some of the 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 convention was happening at. But that one night there right. cost as much as the three nights at the place we ended up at. Now the place we ended up at, they were lovely people. They truly were, but drug paraphernalia in the room is a bit much. <laughs> well, it was okay. Now it was. It was a really nice place. Wow. Sounds like fun. Well, well okay. I, 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 um, so so here's a question, though. Yeah. There's a scale of drug paraphernalia, especially in places like... Uh, well, a scale was not what we found. You know, the Seattle metro where, uh, you know, it may be federally illegal to smoke marijuana. It, it is locally yeah. acceptable, though, right? So... Almost required. Was it a... Courtesy joint, no uh, <laughs> joint roller, or was it a dirty needle and a crack pipe? So there's a scale here. Um, it was night, none of those, it was none of those options, though the needle was very close. Now, oh, okay, that's when, scary. When Missy pulled out, uh, first and foremost, the parking lot right outside had a homeless guy in it, which is you know standard, it was kind of nice. It was uh, well, it's any, any urban area, you're gonna have that kind of thing, so. Right, right. It made made me feel at home. Seattle actually has a large homeless uh, issue, um, and and that's that's a whole end of the discussion. Uh, the guy was actually quite nice. Um, 
when I say nice, that meant he was like, I, I, I'll, you do your thing. I'll do mine. Right. Um, there was actual hypodermic needles on the ground and, and heroin is a huge deal. When we got to the room, Missy opened up the sleeper sofa and underneath there was a little, I don't know, maybe a one ounce baggie with skull skull and crossbones on it. Okay. Well, at least it wasn't a dead hooker. So that's something. right. Right. Well, no, the, they, they've learned and they've made the, uh, the, the bed frame, the box frame solid. I kicked it. It's not even hollow. So anyway, when, when she looked at it, she's like, oh, it's either ecstasy or MDMA, you know, whatever, whatever would do that. Cause yeah, it's just, she just threw it away. No big deal. You didn't try it. You know, there's been a time in my life where I would have licked the bag, but this wasn't <laughs> yeah. the time. You got to find out what it is. Um, no. <laughs> um, so she just threw it away. Now we stayed there a night. Then the next day I'm coming out of the shower and I look right by the wall is, you know, the type of needles that, that, uh, that are used. They're basically the needles that uh, diabetics use. Yep. Cause they're common. all it's right. All that's there is just the tube, uh-huh. not the plunger, not uh, the needle, okay. just the tube. So what I'm thinking, this was a diabetics needle that they took apart to throw into their kit, um, to dispose of properly, you know, for the, the diabetics that still, you know, uh, inject right. versus pumps or whatever. So I, I'm not even that concerned about it. So I just went down to the front desk. I said, hey, just so you know, we found two items of drug paraphernalia. Insulin's a drug. Drug paraphernalia in our room. Gave exp- I said, I'm not complaining. I'm not expecting anything. Just give your cleaning crew a heads up to open up the <clears throat> the pullout couch every once in a while and just take a look. At and it. to use gloves. And I, and I said, yeah, well, yeah, we working at a community college, you <laughs> don't pick anything up. Um from, you know, beer can meth pipes to whatever. Um, and I, I just, I just said I, it, we missed it. We were there for, you know, 24 hours and I didn't even see it until this morning. So there's nothing to be upset about. Just be aware it was easy enough to miss because it happens. You know, I was just thrilled. There were no bed bugs. Right. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's get into intermission number two. Wes, take it away, buddy. Anyway, yeah. oh, now we're back. Okay, so uh, the lightning round. You, if you don't know, our intro uh, is almost verbatim from a an infamous Saturday Night Live skit featuring uh, a much better Will Shatner than I did. I think he goes by Bill now, Bill Shatner. A a much better Bill Shatner than I did. <laughs> I don't know. No, I think you're right. Uh, uh, anyway, um, in which. He and the crew of Saturday Night Live ripped into fans uh, for asking ridiculous questions. Not ridiculous questions, but questions that true fanatics would ask. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, very stereotypical what someone might think of a fandom person circa the 80s before it was commonplace. Super nerd point Dexter kind of stuff. So for lack of a better way of putting it. The question here is, guys, did they create comedy gold or was it insulting Drek with this get a life skit? Or was it a forecastle or foreshadow to Priceline? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Priceline. Yes. Anyway. Anyway, go ahead. What do you so, think? So uh 
I have my opinion. I want to know what Brandon's opinion is. Um, I think, I think he kind of got it right, um, based on the the people he were talking, the the stereotypical people he were talking to. I I think he, I think it was it was pretty funny. It was pretty poignant. Um, I think people took it too far. You mean how they reacted to it? Yes, I think the the actual people reacting to it reacted badly. I think as a comedy sketch, it was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pre precursor to the reaction video yeah. craze of the 2017. I don't know. When did those go? I don't know. I don't, no. I don't understand those. I, I, that's nothing like this. No, no. What, what, <laughs> okay. uh, what, uh, what the thing is, is that the reaction has been people are very, you know, they took it personally. And yeah. The, and and some people are like, oh, it was funny, but it went a little too far. Some people are like, this wasn't funny at all. These people are fans. You're 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 pooping on the people who made you famous. Other people are like, you know, I thought it was funny at first, and then I learned that the 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 person who wrote it was telling people that they didn't have lives, and and that you know I, I have a life. Thank you very much. And and you know what? If it doesn't, if it isn't you, then it isn't about you. It pretty much. Um, I, I felt that the the get a life part. I mean. Uh, <laughs> having, having watched, um, uh, what's the name of that other movie? Oh man. What the hell is it? Um, Galaxy Quest. yes. Galaxy quest. That yeah. is what, that is what he was trying to get across. He was just like, this, this is a, a parody. This is funny. This is hilarious. These are the con- conventions. It, it, it was, it was just funny. I don't and, think and- it was, I don't think it was insulting at all. When, and he was actually making fun of himself. He was like, you know, anybody can get annoyed by somebody really liking what you do. But at the end of it, he's like, oh, wait, you know, I get paid for this. Ah, I got to fix this mistake. I, you know, these are my fans. These, these are my bread and butter. And, you know, he was mocking himself as well. And I think the thing is, is that fans sometimes don't like having mirrors held up to them. Um, yeah. You know, and I'll give you an example from ECCC. <laughs> There was a local voice actor who did everything in his power to try to tie his star or tie his horse to the critical role stars. Okay. I'm not sure how that, that, that whole metaphor works, but (laughs) he showed up almost everywhere and he was in line in front of me and my friend, uh, when we were going to see Matt Mercer, Matt Mercer being the DM and you know, whatever. Yeah, being the the main notable personality. Main, yeah, exactly. Franchise. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of notable people there if you're in the know. But Matt Mercer is, you know, he's an uh, incredible storyteller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he made friends with someone who was going to be in line to go see Matt. Didn't buy a ticket, and still because he was friends with the guy, or con friends with the guy, uh, ended up waiting in line to see Matt anyway, even though he hadn't bought a ticket. That's the type of fan that deserves to be deserves a strong word but deserves to have a mirror held up to see if they are self-aware enough to realize that yeah maybe some of this 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 mockery is a little justified um later you know this is the other thing later years later the simpsons with comic book guy and itchy and scratchy you know uh they did the same thing and nobody was up in arms about that because it wasn't, it didn't feel like they were punching down. They were mocking a fictional representation of actual people versus an actual representation of fictional people. You know, it just, it just, to me, I think it was comedy gold. You know, you got to be able to laugh at yourself, even if your behavior is terrible. You know, 
Yeah, I don't take myself yeah. that seriously, so I laugh at myself all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, and you and <laughs> we you have a history of helping me laugh at myself too, <laughs> and but, having uh, you laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is very true. You know what? That's turnabout is fair play. I'm fair play. Yeah. yeah, and and I I really do agree with that. Um, I think there is. Uh, some people that get entirely too enthused into a thing and they laser focus on it and that they get blinders to uh, people parodying that thing. Um, So they end up overreacting or they, they don't understand the context. And that was, uh, it's SNL. It's known for being a parody franchise. Um, I think Bill Shatner, it took him a while to become comfortable with being a, uh, nerd celebrity for lack of a better way of putting it mm-hmm. not saying nerd in a bad way just saying no, that no, no, you know no, yeah, a, yeah. a geek a geek and celebrity right and not a person who eats glass a the uh enthusiast into Ooh, nerdy things very nice um, callback to the word uh thank you yeah um, nicely done well like you know there's still circuses uh down south of me and stuff like that, that do they, do they actually use geek yeah so yeah like like you said it it's a little bit of a mirror it's a little bit of a hey take a step back from yourself and look and say, yeah, maybe I am, maybe I need to find other avenues of which to do things. Because if you, if you laser focus on something, you might be forgetting about other important things in your life. So, so every time Brandon and I tease you about hating a triple a game, we're just getting you that much closer to reevaluating for you to reevaluate how you view these. Yes, you are, you are doing your part as my friends to help me self-actualize as an individual. And every time um... <laughs> that means nothing. <laughs> it, it does. It does. It doesn't mean, yeah. Every time I use the word absolutely. And you guys call me out on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is a chance for me to self aggrandize. No self. What was the word you said? Self-actualize. That's it, it right there. Okay. Come on. Maslow's Pyramid. Uh, uh, I don't know who no. right. Maslow's Pyramid is. Uh, he is the founding father of every survival game ever put out because he came up with this. Uh, do you really not know about Maslow's Pyramid? No, I, I really don't. We could, but okay. this is so. the wrap up. Let's not bring anything new to the table. <laughs> Correct. Okay. So, on Maslow's Pyramid, people that are nice. laser focused on one thing are forgetting about everything else in the pyramid. And it's. It could be ultimate detriment to their the life because, of the, uh, for example, um, episode to, you know, what? the you laser know? focus of telling us about, you know, I like what you did there. That was clever. Very clever. <laughs> um, sure. Um, so tell us so, more about this. Uh, and, and how long have you been a fan of Maslow? Do you have any of his signatures? His, uh... Uh, no, I'm trying to think whether he is still alive or not. That's what the Google's like, for. No, like, he died in the he died before I was born. Um so anyway, uh you know it, now you're I not I a true fan. No, no, I go on, go on. You were saying the laser focus. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now I've diffused my my laser focus. So Brandon, do you think we created comedy <laughs> gold or insulting Drek with uh teasing insulting him? <laughs> <laughs> Are you insulting me or is this comedy gold <laughs> or both? This this so, is uh, shockingly not funny. None of that was funny. 
Yeah. yeah. And if you did think this is funny, <laughs> let us know and we'll give you a copy of Blood Onion. Exactly. Which, so we can we find we adjust your sense of humor. We need to readjust your sense of humor. <laughs> With blood and bacon, uh, that's the best way. <laughs> so, yeah, but basically what I was saying is uh, there are a lot of people who probably get over-enthused and uh, having parody things like that. If you get offended by that, then maybe you need to take a step back and, and look and and basically say, hey, this was a thing that was done on a television program known for being a parody. And then you, you took that and you you took it the wrong way. And uh, I mean, it would be 10 times worse if, if he did it in a tweet now because there's zero context about it. It's really just a couple, couple words. I don't know if so. wrong way is the right way of saying that. You know, they, they, they obviously they reacted to it. I think. Sure. You know, people react to things they see truth in. And if they saw themselves and what was being uh, lampooned there, well, you know, it's how you react to it that shows if the lampooning is effective or not. And people getting upset over it. I think that was effective. And I think it's funny. But then again, yeah, we were, you know, young guys at the time when it came out and we really weren't fully aware of the uh, the geek culture and that there were other people like us. It, it you know. Again, the difference in in half a decade between this skit and uh, uh, the Simpsons, maybe even a decade. I don't know. The Simpsons have been on almost as long as Saturday Night Live. It's just, it's just very probably a little longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Bart, when Bart was doing the cave drawings back in uh, <laughs> Proto season one, um, Proto the uh, Tracy Ullman show. Tracy Ullman oh, show. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. That was great. Holy cow. Yeah. Dude, my I favorite, watched that, man. My favorite one was when uh, Bart and Lisa were trapped in a closet and they were like screaming for help. They're like, oh, no, we're going to get in trouble. So whisper help. And I, that just, that just, oh, my God. That <laughs> spoke to you. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, this is it. This is my favorite show ever. <laughs> and, and here's one Four, thing. 45 seasons later. Exactly. Is it still your favorite. <laughs> well, I haven't watched The Simpsons since like season 10, I think it was. So it's been yeah, a while. Pretty much in the same boat. I, I, I have to say, it is possible to laugh at something and be insulted by it. And of course. You, you know, that's that's pretty much uh, describes my friendship with you guys. The idea no i'm kidding the idea are you laughing at us or are you insulted by i'm, I'm confused <laughs> he's insulted us I've so we should laugh at him yeah that's exactly oh, okay. no, the, the, the whole thing is is that you know the wrong lessons can be taken away from a parody and i think many people took it too personally to understand what was being said even if they understand they don't necessarily grok it to 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 coin it <laughs> bring it back around bringing it back around that's right do, so, do you grok spock uh do, do you know the the meaning you know where grok came from the word grok no it came from a book called a stranger in a strange land by robert heinlein okay yep and it is a word that was he created to to um talk about full and complete understanding of a person or an item or something and uh okay there's there's a lot that goes with it. Part of it, I think, also has cannibalism involved. I don't remember. I read it many, many, many years ago. So <clears throat> Heinlein's a little weird. Um, yep. So, yeah, to be able I mean, that was that Grok Spock is like uber geek right there because you're pulling in science fiction book that references a science fiction TV character in cannibalism or something. I'm, I'm not exactly <laughs> certain. So that that's that's where, where Grok comes from. And, and it's uh, yeah. So anyway. Guys, uh, 
I'm going to, uh, do you have any final remarks, anything you want to, uh, to close up on? Um, hopefully by the time this episode comes out, uh, I'll, uh, I'll have some good stuff to uh, do in division. <laughs> <laughs> or or you'll be playing Zelda, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, playing Zelda. Or uh, I'll uh, because we just found out. Uh, I just found out a little while ago that the final uh, episode of Telltale's Walking Dead has come out. So I actually have to give that a play and review because you know I got to close that chapter. <laughs> I just have yep. to. Yep. Maybe let me put the peel back on weren't as good as the first one maybe it's the, the, the first the one my god the first one uh, nothing nothing can nothing can touch the first one everything else since then has been pale in comparison i mean they've, they've been good but they haven't been um that that one was was uh, it, it is still yeah. to, to this day my favorite video game review ever was <laughs> it, it really is because uh having played it if if you gave that to reviews someone who hasn't played it mm-hmm. they would probably be like what are you talking about to someone that's played it, it it really says everything and it was short and concise and to the point and it was fantastic and that's exactly how it felt at the end of the in, at the end of the game i'm just like oh my god that it was it was that experience so yes yes i i, I well it wasn't my favorite review that i've ever written but thank you very much i appreciate that yeah, it was my favorite <laughs> review you ever written it may also be one of two I've ever read of yours, but you know, <laughs> I've been reviewing games for you guys for ages, ages you have, actually. So, <laughs> uh, so we're, do you felt that this that was comedy and an insult at the same time? Um, which I'm, one? I'm trying to understand what uh, <laughs> what Patrick was talking about right there, like five two minutes ago, five minutes ago. Uh, which one? The uh, you insulting me or? I don't know. I'm, oh. I'm trying. No, to... I didn't feel right. insulted. I don't feel insulted. I, I, it's, it's impossible for me to feel insult anymore. I've, uh, I've grown past it. Fair you, enough. You, I'm, I'm working towards that myself. <laughs> enough trauma beat it out of your system. That's uh... trust me. There's, there's been way too much drama in my system. <laughs> so, trauma, toxic Avenger. Toxic oh, Avenger? I've got a lot of that too. Trust me. <laughs> oh, really? Nice. Yeah, we had pork chops today. Yeah, there's we that too. Pork chops. Yeah. yeah. I did. I've, I had, if you saw those things. My final, my final (laughs) remark is the fact that Brandon said, I'll be there as soon as I eat these pork chops. One hour later, (laughs) he says, I'm on my way. 10 minutes after that, (laughs) he joins us. So that's my final comments for the, the, the there were some good pork chops. They're really good. I would Ken. do it again. <laughs> Ken, do you have anything to say? Uh, apparently, I need more pork chops. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Blood and bacon. Ha!